This morning I'm bringing a word that I didn't actually think I was going to bring, to be totally honest. It's been a word that I received about a month ago. It was a very personal word, and it was between me and the Lord Jesus Christ, and I haven't shared it with anybody until now. Usually whenever you're bringing a word, you get two or three confirmations, and you ask for guidance if you're bringing a word, a Bible study, or at the table. I've had this word confirmed at least 20 times, so it's no longer for me. It's for you now this morning, and the Lord has asked me to bring it, and I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. I, personally speaking, I don't want to, um, but the Lord has asked me to bring it, and that's what I'm going to do. It's a word that has fixated my mind. It's a word that has consumed my mind, and it's a word that has made me question myself. And I have had to answer many questions. I've been doing a lot of listening and, and prayer. I haven't been doing much praying, to be honest. I've been just listening to the Spirit and what the Lord has been saying. And it all started in Second Kings chapter 15. Second Kings chapter 15, so we'll just turn to that. And we're going to read verses 1 to 4. And when I was in my quiet place in my studies... I read some of these verses from 15, chapter 15. And this was about a month ago. And I haven't been able to study anything since. It's just completely took over my life. 2 Kings chapter 15 and verse 1. In the twenty and seventh year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, began Azariah, son of Amaziah, king of Judah, to reign. Sixteen years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned two and fifty years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jecolah of Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done, save that the high places were not removed, the people sacrificed and burnt incense still on the high places. And I read those verses in my study, and I've been fixated on this word ever since. In First and Second Kings, 20 times, it says, how be it, the high places were not taken away. So God obviously wants us to see what this is. It's vital that we understand what God is saying to his people this morning. Let's turn to Deuteronomy. Chapter 12. Deuteronomy chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 1 to 6. And 13 times in this book, God says that he will provide one place for his people to worship. He will provide one place. Deuteronomy chapter 12, starting to read at verse 1. And this is guidance for God's people for when they enter the promised land. These are the statutes and the judgments which ye shall observe to do on the land, which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it, all the days that ye live upon the earth. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess served their gods, 
upon the mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. And ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down groves with fire and ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. Ye shall not do us do so unto the Lord your God, but unto the, the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name. Even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings, and your sacrifices, and your tithes, and your heave offerings. That heave offering was usually the thigh, and the, the priest would raise it up to the sky and drop it down. And raise it up again, showing that that was God's part of the sacrifice. And then the priest would have that heave offering himself. And your vows and your free will offerings, and the first things of your herds and of your flocks. So here we have in Deuteronomy, in this chapter, chapter 12, that God says that he will provide a place for his people to sacrifice and he will put his name It's not to be the same as the heathen. It's not to be in the high places. And it's not to be in the groves. He will pick a place. And the high places and the groves would have been mountaintops. Or the groves and the valleys underneath the trees. They were abomination unto God. They would have sacrificed and worshipped constellations like the stars and the planets. Goddesses, fertility deities, golden calves and so on. And these were abomination unto God. And when they entered the promised land, they were not to partake in these things. God said that he would provide a place. So God is instructing his people. And God is showing that he will provide a place. And it's known as the central sanctuary. The central sanctuary. But where was God going to place his people for sacrifice and for worship? Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. And Genesis chapter 22 is a fantastic chapter. It's a a type of God the Father and God the Son. And then you have Isaac with the wood on the back. And then you have the two servants speaking of the two thieves on on the cross. But I'm going to go into something else here. Genesis chapter 22. And we're going to read from verse 1. And it came to pass that these, after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now that just means God's testing Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Marah. Now I want you to remember Marah. And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains. So remember Marah and remember the mountain, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went on to the place of which God had told him. Verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jarrah, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So God, through this chapter, is pointing to the place 
of the central sanctuary and where that central sanctuary will take place. Let's go to First Chronicles. So First Chronicles, chapter twenty-one. First Chronicles, chapter twenty-one, and we're going to read some verses eighteen to twenty-two. Now, what's happened in this chapter? Well, David has asked for Israel to be numbered. And a wee bit of pride has come to David. And it has angered God that he has done it. So let's read from verse 18. Then the angel of the Lord commanded God, that's David's seer or his prophet, to say to David that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. So judgment is coming upon Israel. 70,000 uh, have already died. And there's an angel standing over Jerusalem with his sword drawn. It says he's standing before heaven and earth. And what a, what a terrifying sight that must have been. Judgment is coming upon Israel because of David and his pride. And David went up at the saying of God, which he spake in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. So David has went to the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, and he's going to sacrifice. And he's going to sacrifice to appease God. And to do, try to stay the plague or the, the, the punishment that's come upon Israel. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. So here we have another sacrifice. We have Abraham and we had Isaac. Now we have David sacrificing to stay the plague. Now, let's go to Second Chronicles. So, Second Chronicles. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Second Chronicles, verses 1 and 2. So, where did David, where was this sacrifice to stay the plague in Israel? Second Chronicles, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And he began to build in the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. So the threshing floor was on Mount Moriah. Isaac was to be sacrificed on Mount Moriah. And now here Solomon starts to build the temple, the central sacrifice where God will put his name Speaking of in Deuteronomy and Mount Moriah. So here we have now, God has revealed where he wants his people to go. And he wants, wants his people to worship. And where he wants his people to sacrifice. Not in the high places, not in the groves, in the temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. But let's go to Kings second, First Kings chapter 3. First Kings chapter 3 
First Kings chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 to 3. And it reads like this. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter. So basically now, Solomon is the son-in-law of Pharaoh. He's taken his daughter to marry. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. And something came to me, I was reading that last night, and something came to me that I'd, that I'd never seen before. And I said to myself, wasn't it vital that we kept going over COVID? Wasn't it vital that God's people kept going? When you were telling, when you were being told, and don't, listen, I understand COVID. I know many people who have had COVID. And I know people have had a hard time with COVID, and I understand that. But wasn't it vital in that year and a half to two years that God's people kept going and built this tabernacle for God's people to come to and continue to worship his holy name because without a sanctuary to come as God's people to worship where do you go to? you go cold and you end up going to the high places and you end up going to the groves it was vital that God's people kept going when COVID hit and COVID came. Now in this verse, it says, And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter, and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house, and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem. About only the people sacrificed in high places because they had nowhere to go yet, because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. And David didn't do that. Now you might say, okay, no harm done. He's married, he's married Pharaoh's daughter. It's, it's no big deal, really. Well, let's go to Scripture again. Let's go to First Kings chapter 11. And we're going to read 1 to 9. 1 Kings chapter 11 and verses 1 to 9. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh. Women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go in to them. Neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. So there's your heart and there's love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. There it is again. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart, 
there it is again, over and over and over, was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did, his, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build in high place. So David's, or Solomon's heart now, where is it? It's not following after God. He's away from God. And what happens next in verse 7? Then did Solomon build in high place. For Chemos, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon, and likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. So Solomon's heart is away from God. You see what happens when you slip or you let something in the church go and you say, it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Just brush over it. It'll be all right. It won't be all right. That's when the rot starts and it needs to be dealt with before it goes any further, as you can see here. So what is the result of this? Israel is split. Now, not in Solomon's day because of his father. So even in all this, God still shows mercy. It's in his son's day, Rehoboam. Israel is split into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom, the capital Samaria, and the southern kingdom, Jerusalem. Jeroboam was king in the north, and Rehoboam, Solomon's son, is king in the south. And the kingdom is split and rendered. And God is angry. God is angry. The northern kingdom was carried away by Assyria and the southern kingdom had three captivities into Babylon. God was angry with the abominations of the high places and the groves. And this was a contention in First and Second Kings. A great contention between God and his people. In First Kings chapter 12, First Kings chapter 12, And verse 31 to 32. And he made an house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. And he offered up the altar, so did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto calves that he had made. Idols, abominations. And he placed them in Bethel, the priests of the high places, which he had made. First Kings 14 and 21 to 23. And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 40 and one years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose out of the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Nama and Ammonites. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all their, that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. God's people 
are at the high places. God's people are at the groves. God's people are everywhere but where they should be. Where he put his name in the temple to worship the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. So for about a week, that's where my study ended. And it was heavy on me for a week. I I, I couldn't concentrate at all, really. And I knew the Lord was speaking. And I went into prayer quite a lot. Didn't pray much, really, because I knew there was something, the Lord wanted to say something. And he did. He spoke. And it was terrifying, to be totally honest. But, you know, when the Lord chastens you, and the chastening comes, you know, you know that the Lord still loves you. So if the Lord's chasing you this morning, by his word, rejoice in it. Because he loves you. That's why he's chastening you. And he's purging you. And he wants the best for you. So I kept seeking, kept praying. And we're in the new covenant. Washed in the precious shed blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. And I was seeking... And there was one verse in particular that came to me, and a verse that I know well, and so do you, but I'm going to go to another verse first. Let's go 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 3 and the verse 16. And this is Apostle Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. And he says this, and we all know it well. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Now that ye is plural. That ye is speaking of the church, like here this morning. That's what that means. Know ye not that ye, the church this morning, are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? So, I was actually at work and the Lord answered, answered my prayers because it's important to know what the Spirit is saying to you and you get it right. And the Lord gave me a verse that I know well. But you don't know something? Maybe we need to go back to it. Maybe we need to go back to it. And you know it well. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. In verse 37. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. And when I read this verse, it was as if I had read this verse for the, for, for the very first time. It was as if I had never seen this verse before. And I had to pull the car over. I had to pull the car over and I had to take a break. Matthew 22, verse 37. Let's read it. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. With all thy, you shall love with all the heart, with all the soul 
and with all the mind. And when I read that verse, everything that the Lord had said to me the past three weeks made sense. It made sense. And I knew that the Lord was purging. And I knew that the Lord was dealing with me. And I had to ask myself many, many questions before God in prayer. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we'll read a few verses. We'll read verse 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now that here in the Hebrew means Shammah. And what does that mean? It means that the Lord wants you to pay attention, to respond or do. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. There it is again. The love of God is first and supreme, and must engage all the powers and activities of our being. Matthew Henry said of Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, Our love is too little to bestow upon him. Therefore all the powers of the soul must be engaged for him and carried out toward him. Let's go to First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. And we'll read verse 4 and 5. First Peter chapter 2. And we'll read verse 4. And we'll read verse 5. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. That's a spiritual house this morning. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Ye also, plural, that's us this morning, as lively stones are built up a spiritual house this morning, and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We here this morning have come this morning to offer up spiritual sacrifices under the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. We here this morning are here to glorify his holy name. You're not at the high place this morning. You're not at the grove. And God bless you for it. But you're here by the moving of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy, it's the Holy Spirit that brought you here. And why are you here? You're not here to hear from me. You're not here to hear from the flesh. You're here to hear from the lovely Lord Jesus Christ because this, are he, this is his words. And we are here this morning to offer up spiritual sacrifices and worship the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we are here this morning. He was rejected. It speaks here of the cornerstone as Christ disallowed and rejected. But he still finished the work of the Father. And if and when we are rejected, which surely we will be, we're still to finish the work. We're still to finish the work. We're still to keep coming. We're still to keep giving your spiritual sacrifices. 
You're still to keep coming and worshipping the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. We're to stay away from the high places. We're to stay away from the groves. Because it's a serious thing. It brought judgment on Israel. It divided Israel. It split it into two kingdoms. It split it into two kingdoms. It's a very serious thing. That whenever we come before God in his tabernacle. That we fix our eyes on Christ alone. And we offer up spiritual sacrifices unto the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Not flesh. The lovely Lord Jesus Christ. I was on the street corner one day. And it's amazing how the Spirit speaks to you. And there was a man and he lit a cigarette. And the Spirit says, fix your eyes on him. So I'm standing and watching this man. Nothing strange. He's lit up a cigarette. And he's standing there. And he's smoking a cigarette. And the spirit says, watch him. So he finishes his cigarette and he looks at the butt. He looks at the butt of the cigarette. And he flicks the butt that way and he walks that way. He flicks the butt that way. And he walks that way. And the Lord says, is that all I'm worth? Is that it? Is all I'm worth, Glenn, the drag ends of your life? And the butt. See, when the Spirit speaks to you, it hits home. But you don't want to know something. Sometimes you have to listen. You just have to listen. And... This past month, I've just been purged and by the word of God. But do you want to know something? I thank him for it. Because I know that he loves me. Uh, but it's been hardly, and yes, yes, it has. It has been very, very much so. Very much so. And I haven't even shared this with Sarah. I just kept it to myself. I wasn't even going to bring it this morning. But the Lord said to bring it. He flicked the butt that way, and he walked that way. And the Lord said, is all I am worth to you? An afterthought. The drag ends. Just the butt of your life. Sure, it'll do rightly. I'll go to church on Sunday morning. I'll maybe turn up on Sunday night. I'll, make, I'll see how I feel. Is that it? And I just broke. I just broke on the street. The lovely Lord Jesus Christ hanging on that tree. Ransomed my soul before the scene of time. He knew me. Washed me in the precious shed blood of the Lamb. Cleansed me from all sin. He's going to bring me into his eternal kingdom. And all I can give him is the drag ends and the butt. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to take, isn't it? Who or what calls out the desire of your heart? Who or what occupies your mind? Or who or what does your soul hunger for? And those are questions that I asked myself and I wrote them down. Anything or anyone that comes before God 
that calls out the love of your heart, occupies your mind or the desires of your soul, and you are at the high places, and you are at the groves. That's the conclusion that I came to. If we lived, or if I lived, this verse, how different would we be towards God? As a church, and how different will we be towards one another? We're not called to give ourselves to trivial issues. And issues will arise, but we're not called to give ourselves to them. They're not to occupy the mind, the heart, or the soul. What is to occupy the mind, the heart, and the soul is souls going to hell. That needs saved. What is to occupy our mind is the eternal kingdom of God. That is what is to occupy your mind. Discipline yourself. Don't like to do that. How do you discipline yourself? Well, the fear of God should do the trick. The fear of God should keep you in check. Not just here in the tabernacle, but in everyday life. Walking before a holy God and not wanting to grieve the spirit will keep discipline and blessings flowing in your, in your life and in the life of the church. Have you ever been disappointed or disillusioned? Have you ever been disappointed and disillusioned? Well, you're raised in the wrong place because Christ never disappoints and he'll never have you disillusioned. If your eyes are in flesh, please stop. Please stop. I'll use myself as an example. You say, maybe, Glenn, you know, disappointed in your brother. My response is, well, no more than I'm disappointed in myself. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5. Let's read it. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. That word undone means silent and ruined, and for the past four weeks I've been silent and ruined. But you're saved, Glenn, you're blood bought. Aye, yes I am. I am, I'm saved and I'm blood-bought, but I'm still silent and ruined because of the chastening of God. You say, disappointed in your brother. I'm disappointed in myself. In fact, it's worse. What do you mean? Because when you get into the, the study or the quiet place with the Lord and you're quiet and you're waiting for him to speak 
and he takes his word and he shines it on your life, on your life it's a case of woe is me. Woe is me. When you get a glimpse, it's just a glimpse, just a slight wee glimpse of the glory of God and he just gently, slowly reveals himself to you. It's woe is me for I am undone. So if you're disappointed, I'm disappointed to myself. It's worse. But you see, I'll say it again, you're in the wrong place. You will be disappointed, but you're in the wrong place. You're looking at flash. You have to fix your eyes on the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. And he will bring you through. He will keep you. While you're scrutinizing someone else, maybe. You've maybe got your eyes on somebody else or a church. And in your eyes, someone is failing. But while you're doing that, by your heart, by your mind, and by your soul, you're failing yourself. You're failing yourself. God sees it. Their eyes are in the wrong place. So is your heart, so is your mind, and so is your soul. We're called to be different. We're called to go away and destroy the high places and the groves. And we're called to come to our Redeemer with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you.